Amen. Thank you, Calvary Student Band. Hey, can we give them just some praise? More than that, can we praise God? I came in dead, just kind of like lethargic with, with no energy, and I'm hearing these songs. We're talking about a king who moves mountains. We're talking about a, a lion and a lamb, a God who defeated the grave. We're coming off on an Easter Sunday where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm coming in here, and i got to be transparent with you, and I'm, and I'm a little off. And, and, and the leaders are asking me, Eli, are you okay? Are, are you all right, man? There's something I can see that's going on in your head. And I mean, listening to these songs, and I'm reminded that there's still an enemy out there that's, that's wanting us to not celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm listening to these songs talking about a lion and a lamb who defeated the grave for the sins of the world. And we're listening to a God who's always faithful, who moves mountains. And we ought to celebrate that, students. And, and I don't know if it's just me, but I, I just wanted to come really quick before anything and be transparent with you guys that it's, it's been a weird, weird day or weird five days. I, I don't know. But it, it, it reminds me that there's still something out there that's not wanting us to celebrate Jesus. But last week we had a great um, extended worship. Who was here for extended worship last week? I mean, that was just awesome. There were so many people here. We, we wrote letters. We, we painted. We actually, like, burned stuff. We got that slit. I didn't really tell the leaders or the pastors, like, we were going to burn stuff, but we burned stuff anyways, right? Because in the name of Jesus, those sins are forever gone. And not only that, we, we were able to pray. We were able to worship together. And I'm going to ask uh, Claudia and maybe somebody can help her. We, we painted a mural together as a church collectively, okay? And let me tell you, the entire pastor team was so excited. Some of them were here. Pastor Julio was here. Chad was here. And we together as a church collectively painted this beauty Check, this is the finished work of last week. Yeah, let's celebrate that. This is a depiction of the grave, of the tomb being empty, Jesus being resurrected. Calvary students, we want to display this. We'll probably put it in here. Pastor Julio was like, yo, I want to buy that off you. I was like, yo, bet $5,000. He said no. So I gave it to him for $100. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be ours. We'll probably display it somewhere here. Maybe we'll display it in the front. But Calvary students, this is all you guys. This is a reflection of what can be done when we come together united as Calvary students, as a student body, okay? Let this be a reminder of that, that we are here together as one church, as one body, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, to celebrate the birth of new lives, coming to know Jesus. Sandra, I think she's here online, she may not be, but she got baptized on Sunday. Shout out to Sandra. We can celebrate that together, a reflection of her submission to Jesus. Thank you, ladies, so much. Give it up to the ladies, yeah, they're awesome. it's, it's a great week, guys, and, and, and I don't know if we're dead, I don't know if there's something going on, but for me, this has been an important week. There's been things on my mind, but, but I'm not letting that affect tonight because I truly believe that tonight we're going to be impacted, we're going to have some awesome secret time. I know I'm feedbacking, do I need a scoop back or something? Am I okay? Okay, thanks, appreciate that. Um, but, but yes, exciting times, and, and I just want to ask you a question. Uh, when you think of culture, what comes to your mind? Just shout it out. What, what comes to your mind? Culture. Hip hop. Okay, what else? Did you say tacos? Did you see Spanish? Spanish tacos? They, hey, those work together. And what else? What else? What do you think of culture? You hear the word culture. What does that mean? Drip? Drip? Music. Music. Okay. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, Dallas, sorry. That got me. I was like, in the name of Jesus, they're going to win a Super Bowl. Um, 
Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, all of these things, you're right. They, they create a culture, right? It's a, it's a customs, arts, social institutions, achievements. We've talked about it before. People or other things that people do together socially as a group, right? A culture is really more collectively as a group. Everybody has a, a culture, right? Calvary students has a specific culture. Um, other churches have specific cultures. The world, I mean, you look at the valley and you go like three hours north. It's a completely different culture than the valley, Right, So cultures can change in, in, in specific areas, but today we're starting a new series about being counter-cultural, okay? Because Jesus does not call us to simply like be a part of a culture, right? A lot of, a lot of people think that, that as Christians, we can just kind of like fall in line and, and just not be a part of the world, but we're actually supposed to be actively a counter-culture, okay? It's, it's not Christians and then the rest of the world, but it's Christians in the Western world, in the rest of the world, living collectively, but believers being a countercultural. We should be trendsetters, not the other way around. Does that make sense? We should be countercultural Christians, a community that looks similar but also distinct as it follows Jesus. And so, it's not just about changing the way we. We, we listen to music or clothes or anything like that, but it's about how we handle our money, how we seek justice, how we pray for our enemies, and how we operate in holiness when our world often tempts us to do otherwise. Jesus is asking us to, to love him and to love our neighbors as a culture, and sometimes love looks convoluted. It looks kind of weird. We talked about love specifically in our dating relationships right series a, a few weeks ago. But tonight, my call for us, again, point one is very simply, we're called to be uh, counter-cultural, counter-cultural with, with the world living with them, but being trendsetters, being counter-cultural to what they're feeding the minds of Christians. Listen to this, verse 15, we're in 2 John, verse 15 says, 1 John, sorry, chapter 2. Verse 15 says this. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, it may sound a little confusing, right, to some people when we say, How can I not love the world but be in the world? Like, okay, specifically, we're talking about culture, okay? The world. We're not talking about the actual physical earth, right? We should love the earth, right? Subdue it. Be plentiful. Take care of it. Jesus told Adam and Eve, right? That's our plan. We, we should love the earth. But the world is talking about specifically culture. See, if I ask you, what are the things earlier right now? I said, what, what are things that come to mind when you say culture? We said tacos, right? We said music. Okay, we said uh, the Dallas Cowboys, you see, those things specifically for that person meant something that equated to culture. And usually it's rooted in something that they love. You see, the things that we love will ultimately impact our culture. The things that we love will impact the culture that we have within our own body. Not only that, within our own community. You see, we have a culture here at Calvary Students that, based, that is based in loving people because Jesus first loved us. Does that make sense? We have a culture that is based in loving Jesus and loving people because we love 
Jesus, and because we love people, that defines our culture. Very simple. Uh, or the things in the world. So there are a lot of things that, that maybe you grew up. I grew up in a very uh, charismatic, very like restricted like home where I couldn't listen to like any like specific type of music. I couldn't watch anything. I couldn't watch SpongeBob. Anybody raised in a home where they couldn't watch SpongeBob? Yeah, I could not watch SpongeBob, right? Now, as a kid, I was like, it's a sponge, like, in the ocean. That's amazing. And it talks. Like, that's amazing. No, el diablo. Like, straight up, the devil spacked me in my face. You can't watch SpongeBob, right? Like, straight up. Like, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't watch SpongeBob, whatever. And I was like, man, I really want to know that Krabby Patty formula, but whatever. Um, but that's what I'm saying, right? I lived in that kind of home, right? It was the things of the world, Right now, the, the problem is, is I don't want us to have that same mindset. OK, I'm not saying to dishonor your parents. If your parents said don't watch it, don't watch it. But what I am saying is don't let that mentality of legalism. OK, hear what I'm saying. Don't let the mentality of this is what you cannot do be reflective of, of how you do culture. OK, uh, there are many specific little arguments that people like to have with even within Christianity. Right that people disagree on, even within this church, okay? I'm not going to get into it because then I might get fired and I don't want people telling me like, why did you tell my kid that they could do this? I didn't say that. I'm just saying that there comes a point in time when your life, because I started watching Spongebob like in college, like I was like, I'm going to watch Spongebob because um, I never got to experience it. But what I'm saying is I'm not deliberately disobeying, but I had to specifically from my own understanding as an adult or as an older student or child or teenager or whatever, Make a decision. How is my culture going to be reflected? How am I going to build my culture? But then as I think about it, I submitted into some things that weren't very healthy for me. Things that I love. I love music. Man, you start playing the Biebs, like, it's over. Like, Justin Bieber's got me going in places that I shouldn't be going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and people are like, what are you doing? I was like, I didn't even notice. I just heard the music, and I was like it took over like straight up. But, but, but then I think about there's, there's specific types of things that I'm listening to also that I'm not going to get into or tell you, but I'm being transparent and saying, and it started affecting the way I thought of things. Like it started affecting the way I, I viewed specific people or women or money or activities. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. I had fellow believers and brothers in Christ that we joke around and we we talk about that too, but at the same time, when I look back, I'm like, that wasn't really building us up. If anything, it was really hurting us. I should have been there for my brother. He should have been there for me. You see, point number two is that we're called to deny ourselves. We're called to deny ourselves. Denying yourself is really hard. It's not fun, okay? But believe it or not, we all have desires. We all want to do things. And that's normal, like, right? Like, but what, what, what the problem is, is that some of the things that we want to do ain't good for us or it's not at the right time for us to enjoy, okay? There's a reason why Jesus is calling us to deny ourselves. Verse 16 says this, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. We live in a world where money is everything. Okay, money is everything. People are willing to do whatever it takes to get your eyes fixated on a specific product. To get your hearts excited about a specific thing. Again, I am a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, 
Massive. Huge. I'm a huge Mavericks fan. I've missed church to watch a football game. Like, I'm being transparent. I was a kid, though. I, God forgive me. In Jesus' name. Like, I have, I have done that. Or, um, don't tell pastor. I have literally watched a game on my phone. Well, <laughs> don't celebrate that. While in church. Like, that's not good. That is not good. I should not be doing that. But it is reflective of what's in my heart. What's more important to me. I'm literally having the word of Jesus thrown in my face. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh interception, Tony. Please, dude. Golly, Tony. Tony Romo should have took us to the problem. He does caught it. Um, he caught the football, man. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that it reflects what was in my heart. But here, again, we're reminded that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is wanting us to have this consumerist mentality. It's wanting us to be a culture that's all about me, a culture that's all about what can I get out of it. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's going to leave you empty and dry at the end of the day because they will lose the game and hurt you and destroy you. Okay? They will not win. I'm, that's not, I'm sorry, I'm having a flashback. But what I'm saying is, Anything that you chase or pursue that doesn't fall in line with God's plan is going to leave you empty. Last point, number three. We are called to do the will of God. We are called to do the will of God. Verse 17 says this. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. Remains when? Forever. Forever? Yeah, it's on the screen. Forever. Those who do the will of God will, remains forever. I love this idea, this, this thing of passing away. Lust is passing away. If you, if you think about it, I have an iPhone, okay? I, I wasn't always saved. I used to have Android. But I'm <laughs> just kidding. If you have Androids, we're still praying for you. But, and that's such an old joke. I should stop saying that joke, honestly. Because it's true. But what I'm saying is that I realized, like... For iPhone people, there's an iPhone culture, okay? There, there is a cult of iPhone, Mac, Apple believers, and I am the leader of it. No, I, I when I went to Apple, it was it forever changed my life. That's so sad, but it really did. But what I'm, say, what I'm saying is that I noticed that every year I would get suckered into wanting or buying the new product we go from iPhone 11 to iPhone 12 or iPhone 11 Pro, right? And literally, the differences is like thousands of dollars, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, they got another camera? Yo, that's worth it. Swipe, like I'm buying it, like, come, like, dad, please, can I have like 500 bucks? Please, like, straight up, like, and that happens every year. And some people get a new iPhone, like, every single year. It's never enough. The iPhone 11, which is still a great phone, but for them is dead. It's passed away. It's never enough. And that is the problem with our lustful desires. The, the desires of the flesh is that we can never have enough, which is why he's calling us to deny ourselves and to do the will of God. What's the will of God? Obviously to love Jesus and love our neighbors and repent and believe in him and make disciples of all nations. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. It's hard having to deny ourselves because we know that if we don't do what the world wants us to do, it's going to hate us. Has anybody ever been in a situation 
where they knew you were Christian and hated you for it. If you haven't, you will. We have been built for some, now, especially today, that's why we're talking about culture, especially today, where if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, you will be hated. You will not be liked. And I know for a fact that there are some people in this room that don't want their friends knowing that they believe in Jesus, that don't want their friends knowing where they're at on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning, that don't want their friends knowing that they, that they go to, to, to a, a body of believing Christians that want to listen to Jesus and follow and obey him. They know that they will be hated. We, we, and we got to be straight up. The world hates Christians, but, but the problem is, is that Jesus was the prime example of what it looked like to be countercultural in the world. And he was hated for it. Jesus, in the culture back in the day, think about this, right? Back in the day, the culture was about religion, is about following the Torah, aka the Old Testament. Religious leaders hated Jesus. Literally hated him to the point where they wanted to kill him and they ended up killing him. Now, this is a culture that is based around literally laws of the land about worshiping a God. That was the law of the land. Okay. We worship God, yet they hated Jesus because he was countercultural to what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests were preaching because Jesus knew that they had it wrong. Now, on the other side of it, today, it's the complete opposite. We live in a world where do whatever you want, live life, be happy. And that's not what Jesus is wanting either. John 15, verses 18 through 25 says this, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Jesus is our master. He is our teacher. And as we abide in his word... People are hating us when in reality, they're hating Jesus. Lil Nas X. You guys know him? Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Everybody's like, yeah, man. Hey, Panini, want you, right? Like, like Old Town Road, whatever, right? Now, I'm going to say this very briefly, and I'm not going to get too much into it. We all know the controversy that's happening with Lil Nas X, the, the Satan shoes, the music video. Now, I'm here to tell you that there are two sides to this. Or actually, there are multiple views and perspectives to this. Okay? Here's the situation. There's a group of Christians that are absolutely hating Lil Nas X right now. And I mean, like, hating him. Like, like they cannot stand him. They're literally making all types of videos, and I don't know what, towards Lil Nas X. Then there's another side of Christians who are saying, 
oh man, it's okay. Like I feel bad because you know Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X said that like, you know, the way that I was raised or whatever, they 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 made me hate myself, yada yada yada. And they're saying, man, you know what? We support you, Lil Nas X. Like we don't agree with you. Like I, I still believe in Jesus, but you know what? We're sorry. We repent. Whatever, whatever. Now let me tell you this real quick. These two sides is not where Jesus would land. Now that could be controversial. Some people will say, no, you're absolutely wrong, Eli. And if, and if I am, I don't, I don't think I am. But if I am, if I am, you come talk to me and we'll talk about it, okay? But I'm not gonna make a big deal about Lil Nas X because here's the, here's the big picture. We should not be surprised at something like this that went viral because Lil Nas X is not a Christian, okay? At the end of the day, if you are rooted in Jesus, if you are following him and obeying him, nothing in this world can separate you from the love of Jesus. Nothing in this world should be able to distract you from continuing to follow Jesus. This is a small thing compared to so many other sins of the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying, okay, let's forget about it. Again, we're called to be countercultural. Let's say something about it. You know what? But here's, here's what I would say. Because some of you had asked me, Eli, what do you think about this? I said, oh, I'll comment on it later. I'll talk about it later. Here's, here's, here's the end of the day. What I believe, how I feel. Number one, my instant reaction was this. That breaks my heart. That hurts me. And I'm not talking about the way Lil Nas was treated. I'm not talking about how uh, other people are getting or yelling at him. It hurts me because I know that Jesus would still, would hear me, Jesus would still receive that man. He would. Who am I to stand up here and pretend like I'm better than this person? But, and again, I'm, now I'm going to put him aside. In reality, we're called to be countercultural, but we need to also remember that we were once part of the world. And there are millions of people who are still in this world that don't know Jesus. That's the point. Did we pray for Lil Nas? Did we, did we do it? Has anybody shared the gospel with him? Or has he only been met with hatred because of the fact that he's a homosexual? The fact that he uh, does specific things. Is that, has he only been met with hatred? Has anybody ever actually showed Jesus to him? Has anybody done that? Has, he washed, has anybody washed his feet? Has anybody said, let me take you to lunch? Has anybody done that? I don't know. But the point is this. It's not about Lil Nas X. The point is this. We're called to be countercultural. And when these situations arise, we should not be surprised. But we should be the feet and hands of Jesus. To say, you know what? That breaks my heart. I don't know whatever happened to you in the past, but I'm here to tell you, yes, Jesus still loves you and you have a chance to repent from what just happened. And let's talk about who Jesus is for real, but for real, no playing around, no cat, straight up. Okay. We're called to be countercultural. And I pray that we remember that Jesus was hated first. And yeah, he died. But this past Sunday, we celebrated that he resurrected from the grave. And we're celebrating today because more lives are coming to know Jesus no matter what. Jesus is still the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's not changing, y'all. I don't care what iPhone comes out. 
He's not changing. I don't care what other song comes out. He's not changing. I don't care what president is in office. God is not changing. He's still in control, y'all. I don't know if you knew that. He's still in control. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you continue to shape and mold us. Father, we just ask that you continue to open our eyes. That we all grow together. Nobody in this room knows ultimately everything. All we do know is that you love us unconditionally enough to die for us. And that's enough. That's all we know, Jesus, that you love us and that should be enough for us. And in a world where they're asking us to be a specific culture, that I pray that you would convict us and just push us to be the complete opposite, but in a way that reflects your love, in a way that allows us to, to extend an arm, to extend a hand to someone, to shake their hand and say, hey, I love you. And I love you enough to tell you about who Jesus is. Not about where you're going if you stop, if you don't stop doing, but about what somebody did for you. That we would be a church of Calvary students that would make disciples, that we would continue to be the light in a world where it's getting harder and harder to be the light because of what is going on. Jesus, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.